evening, everybody. I was thinking along those same exact lines. I was a brother before I was a doctor, long before. So I hold that. Actually, by world standards, being a doctor is probably one of the pinnacles of a career professional you can ever gain. But we know within our own Christian community and our brothers and sisters, becoming a brother or sister in Christ is something that is, by the grace of God, cannot be earned and something to be esteemed and to be proud of, that I indeed am a brother or sister in Christ. So uh, thank you, Tim, for that. Um, it's been a little while since I've been up here. A lot of, a lot of things have been going on in our lives. Um, one of the major changes, I started growing my hair back, and uh, though that might be a futile attempt, it's an attempt nonetheless. So uh, just... Keep praying for it, right, I guess. <laughs> I look at my dad and I say, oh, man, it's not going to happen. <clears throat> if you could, t- turn your Bibles with me to uh, Psalm 23. Good old Psalm 23. And while you're turning there, I'll give you a couple updates that's going on in uh, mine and Carrie's life. Uh, I am a doctor. I am a, a dentist by profession. And there's a dental office that I'm currently in contract to buy up in Pompano Beach. And um, it's a very, very... It's a very, very good uh, practice that we're buying, that I'm buying into. <clears throat> I'm not seeing too many patients, not too stressed out at the office. And um, one, of the, one of the best things we're getting from it is building relationships with the law. We have a lot of Christians that come through the doors. We can talk. I can talk with these patients, a lot of them, about the Lord. And we share so many things in common. So it truly is a blessing. And I can see why the Lord might have put me in that community. So uh, very, very thankful for, be, for being in that area and actually serving. I mean, I feel like a servant up there. Um, and serving the people in not only in their dental needs, but to help them uh, with any other aspect in their life they might bring up about. Um, another thing I want to just touch up on uh, very briefly is um, I know a lot of you have been praying for my sister, and um, she's going to be getting married in November to a, a, a good good kid from Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. He's coming back from um, from Africa in about two months, I believe. They're going to be getting married in November. Uh, continue to pray for her. It's very encouraging. A couple of the brothers and sisters have come up to me and told me that they've kept her in her prayer, in their prayers. And uh, we can only hope that God will answer prayers according to His will and, and His timing. <clears throat> and, uh, and we just continue to continually wait for that. And um, one more thing. Carrie and I are expecting to be traveling. <laughs> Right? Oh, you thought a baby was on the way, huh? We're gonna we're gonna allow everyone else to go through that, and then maybe, we'll, <laughs> Lord willing, Carrie and I will be traveling to San uh, to San Diego. A very very good friend of mine. His name is Andrew. He's also a dentist. I've known him for about ten or twelve years. Uh, he's being sent to Afghanistan, so we're gonna go see him. He just proposed to his girlfriend, who's also in the Navy. Um, she's being deployed for a year as well. Um, I only bring them up because some of you might know him. Uh, he's just grew up right down the street. He's almost like a brother to me. And there's a lot of fears and there's a lot of anxieties that he has. And, of course, as I have and our families have for, for him, as far as the dangers that are found, still there. I mean, uh, even though he'll just be doing some dental work, I mean, the fears of traveling from one base to another as more troops get pulled out and the ones that are going in, they're going to be facing more and more uh, responsibility, more and more um, opposition, uh, just a very, very dangerous time. He's the only one that I know that's going to be facing or fighting this, fighting a war. So it finally it hit home for me. So, you know, just keep him in, in your prayers if you can. Uh, he'll be being deployed, so Carrie and I will be going and seeing him uh, before, that, uh, before that actually takes place. Um, 
Which brings me to what I wanted to talk about tonight. You know, I, um, I wanted to speak on something, on a, on a chapter or a verse that we've all known. We've all, we all learned it at some point in our life. I mean, the kids come up here and the, they might quote a verse or two from it, or someone might come up and say the whole chapter. And, I, you know, I was, begin, I was wondering, why is it that Psalm 23, out of all the chapters in the book, that seems to be the one that everybody gets Everybody learns, and everybody, and everybody can recite it at a very young age. And I also was considering, you know, that can be something that's learned when they're young. And it's also a verse that's often read uh, at a funeral or when somebody has passed through this life. We're still reminded of this chapter of this verse. So what are the truths that can be found within Psalm 23? Um, and I hope that since most of us know it, uh, there, we may be able to pick up on some of these points and retain them and be able to apply them and use them in our own lives. So I have half an hour. I know Indians are supposed to be long-winded when it comes to preaching, but I don't think I got that gift, so we'll see how long this goes. Uh, Psalm 23 can be categorized as, or put into a trio of Psalms, Psalms 22, 23, and 24. Um, in Psalm 22, uh, it is often noted as the Psalm of the Cross. Christ is seen as a shepherd giving his life for his, for his flock often sometimes meditated upon um, during the Lord's Supper. It's up a couple of verses like in verse uh, 22, chapter 22, verse 7, all who see me mock me, they hurl insults at me, shaking their heads. Uh, he trusts in the Lord, let the Lord rescue him, let him deliver him, since he delights in him. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it has melted away within me. Verse 15, my heart is dried up like a potsherd, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me down in the dust of death. They divide my garments among them and cast my lots for clothing. And you continue to read through that chapter. You can see the shepherd giving his life for the flock, right? And then, of course, we read what, what took place in the New Testament. But it's a very good picture in the Old Testament about what was to come, what was the Savior, the shepherd, to experience uh, there dying for his flock. In John 10:11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It is a graphic picture of death by crucifixion. Uh, psalm 23, which is what we're going to get into tonight, it's the psalm of the crook, or the shepherd, leading his way, leading the flock through their life. Uh, Christ is leading his sheep to be home, the living shepherd. And Psalm 24 is the psalm of the crown, Savior, as the chief shepherd. And it says, the, Lord is the, lo the earth is the Lord's. This is Psalm 24, verse 1. And the world and uh, all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. And we read in verse 8, Who is this king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? Who is? And then the psalmist asks, asks again, Who is he, this king of glory, the Lord almighty? He is the king of glory. So Psalm 24 can be categorized as the psalm of the crown. Uh, Peter 5.4 says, And when the Christ, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never Fade away. So we can take the three Psalms and we can kind of categorize them and put them together. Uh, one we can see in Psalm 22, we can see the shepherd in his death. Uh, Psalm 23, we can see the shepherd in his resurrection and how we as his sheep can benefit from a relationship with him and also the shepherd in his glory. So just kind of a brief overview um, and just to see where Psalm 23 can fit uh, in that area. Uh, let's go ahead and just read it and uh, it'll be just a short reading. <clears throat> it reads like this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can see so much truth in that. It may not, you know, it probably take eternity to even speak on that. Uh, let's just pray and ask the Lord for his blessing upon this evening. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the ability to freely open your word and to study from it and to gain insight into knowledge and get a glimpse of who our God is, uh, his characteristics of love and mercy and grace that's continually given and provided for us throughout this life, Lord. We thank you so much for the country that we're in and the freedoms that we share. We thank you for the moment. Tonight, I just pray that you bless this time together. Help us to uh, learn the truths from thy word. Help us to apply it to our day-to-day lives and find it as encouragement. Find it as a light to the path that we uh, trod through this earth, Lord. And I just pray for your blessing upon this evening. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen. Okay, so the first, first thing I want to touch on is there's a condition in Psalm 23 for it to apply to people. Uh, for it to apply to somebody. It doesn't just go towards anybody. And it's found in the first five words of that psalm. It's called, The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, More specifically, the pronoun is mine. Right? Somebody has to, you have to own this shepherd as yourself. It shows ownership. It shows commitment. And it shows a relationship. It it implies that the person knows the shepherd personally. Uh, A person can only benefit from the blessings of the shepherd if they at some point in their life had confessed the shepherd as being their own. So there's a very important, um, those first five words are very, very important when it comes to benefiting or seeing the blessings that God provides uh, through this psalm. You know, it's, it's easy to note that, you know, it's not only talking about a shepherd, even though we know that's true. Uh, and it's not talking about him as the shepherd, though we know that is true as well. Um, but there's a personal relationship. He's my shepherd, right? And that's something that all of us in this room, uh, from where I'm looking around, can claim that he's my shepherd. And that should be an encouragement. Um, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is only at this moment in Psalms refers the, to the blessings to the sheep. Um, so, you know, with that being said, um, as, as most of us may know him as my shepherd, uh, there, are three, there are three secrets that can be found within uh, this psalm, Psalm 23. Uh, the three secrets go like this. You can find the secret to a happy life. You can find the secret to a happy death, and you can find your secret to a happy eternal eternity. All three secrets are based on this five, on this principle, on this, uh, the first five words, the Lord is my shepherd. The first secret is a secret to a happy life. Now, this whole world, you know, it's not easy, it's not hard to see. All you got to do is turn on the television, watch the news, or, or listen to your coworkers at work. Everybody's looking for a happy life, right? Uh, people put in 60 or 80 hours a week. Why? So that they can buy the fine china and live in a big house, and maybe that will give them the happy life. Uh, they think money's going to do it. They think power is going to do it. I mean, you can, you can see the political figures, and they're all trying to 
uh, make their power known or try to gain power. Maybe that will give them a happy life. Uh, material things. People try to find happiness in their family. And we know how many broken families there are in this country, how many broken families there are uh, of the people that we know, maybe even our own relationships and our own um, uh, family situations, there's hardships. And you can't find, how do you find any happiness in that? And in friends, you know, sometimes people find their happiness in friends. I heard a saying once that a happy life is a happy wife. So I, I don't know if that applies. I ask Carrie, she'll tell you afterwards. But, uh, but even, even so, you know, ha- a happy life is something that the whole world is trying to attain. And they're trying to fill an emptiness or a void in their heart. Uh, so the next search of emptiness, a search for happiness, might be found in the bottom of a bottle, right? And then, of course, we know that that ends uh, in futility, right? Or they find it at the end of a needle. Or they find it um, in some type of lustful desires or ungodly um, predicaments or, or, or habits. They're all trying to find this happiness, right? But isn't it amazing that the this key to happiness is found in Psalm 23, you know, and and the and the condition for it is the Lord being the shepherd, right? So I just want to, you know, God's desire and way for a happy life is found in this psalm. So let's just go through a couple of them. Uh, the first thing is Psalm Psalm 23, verse 1, which is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, that can, everybody can think and, and see how this world cannot find contentment. All they want to do is, what can I get? I want this. I want that. It's not even needs anymore because this country is so blessed. The people are so blessed. But this desire for some needs, for wants, but and then they never find it, right? A couple of the things that we talked about earlier. Contentment with the Lord is what the, what the Lord gives. And he offers perfect satisfaction, right? I shall not want. But one of the conditions for that satisfaction is the Lord gives. What does the Lord do also do? The Lord also takes away, right? And oftentimes we find people, uh, they, their home was taken from them, their job was taken from them, and they spiral into this downward, um, downward uh, spiral where they, they don't know where to turn to. They don't know what to hold on to, who to go to. And isn't that a wonderful thing? In Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He offers perfect satisfaction. It's the opposite of the world, what the world gives. Uh, the second thing, the Lord, the, what we can find in Psalm 23, uh, verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. What a pretty picture, huh? He gives you pre- perfect peace. The shepherd gives peace, which is comfort to the heart and the soul. And we know that this world is missing peace apart from the Savior, right? Always on a constant search for it. When people ask, you know, when you watch these... Uh, these uh, beauty pageants, or I don't watch them anymore, but if, when you watch these shows and they ask the question, the contestant, uh, what, is, what, what do you want for this world? You know, what, and they say, well, I want to I solve, I want world peace, right? And how foolish to think as a Christian, we look at them and say, peace already came into the world, right? And it's through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can find that peace through Him. Um, but, you know, perfect peace can be found, um, peace and contentment can be found um, even in Psalm 23, verse 2, as the Lord is my shepherd, right? Uh, Psalm 23, verse 3, he restores my soul, uh, which, and so Christ offers perfect restoration for a happy life. He is unfailing in our restoration. You know, we heard a, a story Dave gave uh, to the kids during the VBS um, where this child built a boat, right? And the boat, he lost the boat, 
And uh, he had to buy that boat back, right? And, you know, you can add to the story if you like. You can say the sail was broken or the thing wouldn't float anymore. But the fact of the matter is, is he got the boat back, right? It was restored unto him, right? And how, what a wonderful picture that is, is Christ looks at us and he can look at us and say, you know what? I have given them perfect restoration. All they have to do is believe in me. You know, the shepherd is able to take a fallen race and restore them unto his own. So Christ offers perfect restoration. Um, um, if, if one were to claim him as his own. Uh, Psalm 25, verse 15 reads, My eyes are ever on the Lord, for he will release my feet from the snare. We see God's redemptive power all throughout, all throughout the Bible, right? We see it through what he did for Adam's race, you know, on the cross of Calvary. Right? We see it through Israel time and time again, how he saved them. Um, and he continues to protect them as a nation. And we see him as, as individuals in the, in the word of God, uh, how God protected them and, and, and gave them restoration like Job and others. So as my shepherd, as my shepherd he offers um, perfect restoration. <clears throat> Next point is uh, perfect protection in Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, fear no evil for you, are with me. So the psalmist describes in this portion um, that the darkness is around him. There's evil in the world and it's constant, evil all around us. Satan and the demons are always out to not only you know, prevent people from knowing the Savior, but causing believers to stumble. And we, we hear stories like that all the time, um, how people may be backsliding. Maybe even our own lives are areas where Satan causes us to stumble. But God gives us protection, uh, perfect protection. All of us can probably consider a story. You know, I know when, you know, sometimes I think about this. When I was a little child, I don't know if anyone, how many of you know this, but I was almost kidnapped as a, as a baby up in in Brooklyn, uh, somebody broke into the house and uh, they wrapped me up in all the clothes and, and my dad came home, you know, and I can only imagine what could have happened, you know, if the God didn't have his perfect protection upon me. Uh, I could be, you know, in another country, I could be dead, I could not even know this family that I, I enjoy today. Uh, God's protection, you know, it's, it's amazing what he provides and how he protects us and waking up in the morning. And coming home to bed, you should be thanking God. You know, there are people who got jump on I-95 and all of a sudden they're in eternity. You know, how, why doesn't that happen to us? You know, because God, God offers his protection to us, you know. And when our number is called or when it's time for us to go, that's according to God's will. But we should always be thankful for the perfect protection that's given uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ as we claim him as uh, my shepherd. <clears throat> the next uh, provision God gives us is perfect blessings. Uh, Psalm 23, verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even though we're surrounded by our enemies, uh, my Savior, my Shepherd is providing all our needs. Uh, the unbelieving world has no comfort in when, where, and how things will... You know, I hear stories, I hear uh, testimonies all the time, and even in my own life, uh, how God provides, right? We, we hear the missionary reports, and you wonder, these people are living in places with no A.C. and no cars, and... How are they going to get food? And God always, always provides for them, you know. And even in our own life, you know, when I had to make a financial uh, commitment to something, I was short, you know. And I said, Lord, you brought me this whole way. And all of a sudden, the whole deal is going to fall through. If it's not your will, you know, let us know so we can try and plan for something else. And at the last moment, God provided, you know. And though I felt very undeserving, I felt as though... You know, I, w I wasn't very faithful. You know, I wasn't very trusting. The Lord still, still 
provides. You know, He still provided His blessing. And um, and we all have moments in our lives when we can see God's blessing, God's provisions for us. Uh, and lastly, Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And God's perfect faithfulness, right, for those who call Him His shepherd. My shepherd will never leave me uh, as He promises. We find ourselves faithless, yet He is faithful. The good she- uh, shepherd promises to never leave you. In Hebrews 13:5, uh, just the last portion of that verse says, "Never will I leave you, uh, never will I forsake you." Um, it's a very, it's a very humbling thought to know that you know we think we kind of know who we are, right? And uh, we we kind of feel that you know we have secrets in our lives, and 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 we can keep things from people from the church, or we can keep things from our families. But God, you know, He knows who we are, and He knows our hearts. And yet he still is faithful to us, right? Uh, that could that should be a humbling and a humbling thought uh, for most of us, as it is for me at least. Uh, so Psalms 23, you know, there's a song that we sing, "Great is Thy Faithfulness," um, and that's a very well-known song. I think we sang it this morning, and um, you know, that's just a testament to God's faithfulness, but on one condition, right? As we claim Him as our Shepherd. Uh, so with that, there's just those couple of points with Christ as my Shepherd. You can enjoy perfect satisfaction, right? The world cannot find that. Perfect peace. The world cannot offer perfect peace. There's perfect restoration, right? We don't have to be that lost. We don't have to be a lost sinner anymore. Christ has restored us um, to a relationship with God the Father. Perfect protection. He protects us as we claim Him as our Savior. Perfect provisions and blessings and perfect faithfulness. You know, uh, one of the things that I wanted to go back to, perfect peace, you know, I think about that gentleman that was standing, that stands outside this door. Do you think he has any peace in his heart? Do you think that any, any other preaching he can ever have other than the one that Christ is the Savior and that he loved him, that he's God and he died for him, that's the only peace that can ever be in any of our lives, right? And he's fighting it. You know, and it's so sad to see him out there and it's so sad to see him fighting against the one you probably never want to get in an argument with or, or deny, right? The God Almighty. But, you know, we can just continue to pray for him. And, you know, that, that just popped into my mind as I was reading that uh, perfect peace, you know. So per- we can find, we can have a happy life as the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, another thing that we can briefly go into is a happy death, right? Uh, death is something that the world doesn't want to really um, talk about. You know, they're going to tell you that you're going to live and party forever, right? But all that comes to an end. And when, and it's such a contrast between a believer and a non-believer uh, when they die, right? Uh, death to the non-believer is is fearful. It's frightful, right? We know that. We know that it, for them, they have no certainty. Where, you know, where am I going to go? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to the people I leave behind, right? But as a believer, we can experience a happy death, right? Uh, it's kind of a kind of a funny thing to think about. But Psalm 23, verse 4 says, "Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and thy staff they comfort me." Uh, have you ever thought about how you will do? in that moment, right? None of us know the time nor the hour it's going to occur. But we know it's going to occur, Lord, I mean, unless the Lord comes, right, and raptures us and takes us home. But for an unbeliever, it should be a scary thought. Passing from life to death without a Savior. It's a very, very scary thought. Um, Psalm 23, verse 4, the first part says, As the Lord is my shepherd, I can make, make some uh, notes. You know, he says, um, it says here, He guides me, <clears throat> excuse me, even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. As the shepherd is leading us, what is the psalmist doing there? 
he's not running. He's not terrified. He's not hiding under a, a tree or a bush or in a tree. or no. He's walking, right? What does that show you? It shows you that there is peace. He's just simply walking through, right? And a lot of times we see... If you watch a movie, horror movie, or something like that, you know, people are running for their lives, and it's such a fearful and frightful event, right? But as the Lord is our shepherd, you know, we can just walk through this valley of the shadow of death, you know? And also, and this, the psalmist also notes that there is confidence in that valley, right? I will walk through the valley, though it may be dark, though it may be unknown, though it may be uncharted, you know, territory for us, uh, we, he walks through it with confidence, right? And the shepherd gives us confidence and assurance even at our end. Um, also in there it says he has courage. I will fear no evil. Um, the devil can no longer harm you, right? He can no longer, you know, if you're a believer, he had no longer power over your salvation or whether you're going to, where your eternity is going to be. But even in death, Satan has nothing on you, right? There's, no, there's nothing that he can do to take from you. So the psalmist reads there, he fears no evil. Um, the next point is companionship. Uh, he goes, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. There's companionship in death, right? Uh, sometimes you hear pay, uh, believers, you know, they, they have peace in their heart when they're, when they're leaving, you know, when they're leaving from this life into the next. They don't have to do it alone. For it says the shepherd is our companion. No one else can, we all know this, no one else can go the heaven for you, with you, and you can't bring any of your things with you. Uh, but isn't it a, a blessed thought to know that the Savior is with you, your shepherd is with you, he offers you companionship. Um, and lastly, uh, there is comfort. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, right? Uh, the rod and staff that protected me, that guided me, that shepherded me through life is the same thing that's used in death, right? It's, uh, it's there to protect me and it gives me, insur- it gives me assurance in life and gives assurance uh, in death. And we can be comforted in death knowing that we can uh, meet the Savior. So why can't we, why can't we experience all this? Why can't the world experience this? Because the first five words of that psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Um, and lastly, the secret to a happy, um, one of the happinesses is the happy eternity, right? And it says in Psalm 23, verse 6, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So Christ has prepared a place for us, right? It says in John 14, 2, verse 4, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back, um, back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So how different is eternity for the believer, right? Uh, we hear... Uh, you hear, you read about what heaven may be like, and, and uh, from testimonies from John and, and other of those written in the in the New Testament, and it's such an encouragement to know that we're just passing through this life, right? And we can experience a happy life as we know the Savior as our own. We can experience a happy death, but we can also experience a happy eternity, and it's something that we all um, can look forward to. How uh, eternal life provided. For the shep- by the shepherd uh, for his flock, you know. And um, um, if we claim the save, if we claim Christ as our shepherd, we can we can have what the world is so desperately looking for. We can have we can enjoy eternal. We can enjoy a happy life, right? And we can share with those um, how they can attain that. We can have a happy death, right? And we can also have a happy eternity. Um, Sometimes it's a little hard to gauge how much information you want to put in a message. It takes hours and hours to develop something, and then you say it in 
30, 20 minutes. So <laughs> we're coming towards the end. But just as words of encouragement uh, for you, you know, if you're, if you're here and you're not a believer and you don't know the Lord, everything is found in Psalm 23, right? The sh- there's a shepherd out there that loves you and died for you and gave his life for you. And he provided a way for you to to enjoy eternity with him, right? But more importantly, if, there, if we're all believers, we at least know one person that doesn't know the Savior, right? It could be a co-worker. It could be a family member. It could be the guy we give five bucks to at the gas station to fill up half a gallon of, te- uh, of gas, right? We should be able to share with those, those unbelievers um, the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ because we take part in the benefits and the blessings of the shepherd. All, not because of what we've done, but what God has done for us. Uh, so with that, um, I don't know if we want to sing one hymn or whatnot, but just remember, uh, as we claim the Lord as our shepherd, let us remember uh, these three points. We can enjoy a happy life, we can enjoy a, or look forward to a happy death, and we can enjoy, look forward to a happy eternity with the Savior. May His name be glorified. Amen. Thank you so much, brother, for that. Before we uh, close with our last hymn,